Hey everyone, it's Bobby here. Just a quick note, uh, Cheez-It Bowl reactions. Uh, those are gonna, that's gonna take a little bit, uh, just while everyone's out of town doing holiday stuff. But, look, if you really want to hear a quick reaction on Oklahoma's loss to Florida State, check out our YouTube channel. Uh, it is in the link below. Um, and yeah, it's not great. It's really just me kind of rambling for a bit, but it's something to hold you over. But, until then, check out our college football playoff preview starting now. Hello and welcome to the Weekend Spread College Football Playoff Preview. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me today, the captain, the king of the frogs, Boaten Blake. Blake, how surreal is it? What? How, how, how drunk or how high would you think I was if at the start of this season I told you that we would be having a college football playoff preview and be talking about TCU? It would have been nuts. Like, I was even, in my most optimistic of days, was saying 7-5 and five and getting to a bowl game. That would have been incredible for the Frogs, but holy hell, we are here now. And just seeing some of the tweets, like I saw one from Fox Sports earlier saying, TCU had these 200-1 to odds to make the college football playoff, which was worse than Nebraska, which was worse than Iowa State, or... Yeah, Iowa State, worse than a lot of these really bottom-dweller teams that were memeing all year long, and that's kind of where the markets were for TCU at the beginning of the season, and I think because TCU is kind of off everybody's radar, they don't really understand how incredible this climb is, and how, like, this is a, a dream run this is, that just even being in the playoff is honestly a miracle, and I don't think it gets enough attention, but I'm excited because I actually feel like we are meant to be here and we can make some noise. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. It's, um, it's an incredible thing. I, I didn't see it coming. And, you know, I, I think you could tell that this TCU team could potentially be something special, you know, in that Oklahoma game where they absolutely smashed them. Uh, but I didn't see this coming and it's a special season no matter what, but I'll say this when you're in the thick of it, you want more. I, I know you and the frogs ain't satisfied yet. You're, 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 uh, you're going down to the desert, you know, uh, to try to get a damn win and get into the national championship. So let's break that down. Let me ask you this. Um, so let's start with the TCU first. What do you think is entering this game? TCU's biggest advantage against Michigan Wolverines. Who, what, what is going to have to happen? To, move, to get to that game in Inglewood, to get to SoFi Stadium, what does CCU absolutely have to do to move on? Yeah, I think our advantage is kind of our it's dynamic offense. I know they played Ohio State this year, but I think TCU is the best offense that Michigan has faced this year. Um, if you look at some of the teams that Michigan has struggled with this year, they struggled with Maryland early. They struggled with some good kind of like I guess your good Big Ten offenses but this TCU offense is next level I think uh you kind of I guess get it with a little bit 
uh, Ohio State with uh, Marvin Harrison's kid, but Quentin Johnson is an incredible receiver, one that has a multitude of ways to kill you. He can do the screen game. He can do these little intermediate routes. He can just do little slants. He can get the yardage where it matters, but then also he can just go over the top. And I'm happy because we've had a month off for him to rest because we saw him in the Big 12 Championship. He was kind of hobbled, could really not do anything on that ankle. He was just doing... He was doing fades, fly routes. He was only doing straight line routes. Um, so that's what I think the big advantage here is. It's just TCU's offense has a lot of weapons. We have two good running backs, a really solid receiving core with one star receiver, and then Max Duggan, who just somehow just finds ways to keep this team winning, puts this team in games, even when we're behind. We'll keep fighting, and that's the thing. You can't let the foot off the gas. TCU will be there to keep this game close. Yeah, no, absolutely. They always have that chance to make games close. And, you know, I mean, we've seen it time after time after time. Slow starts from TCU kind of, you know, the whole season, but they always bounce back. Are you a little bit nervous, um, you know, entering this game? It's a bigger stage. And, you know, TCU hasn't been there. You'll feel it when you get there, uh, that, that the game has stepped up. Are you worried about Michigan's experience potentially being a bit of an advantage for the Wolverines? And do you think that do you think that TCU can come back from a pretty sizable de- deficit if this thing starts out bad for the Frogs? Yeah, on the first point, I'm not as much worried about their experience. I know last year they just got blown out of the building, but uh, what? I think is kind of an advantage on our side is Michigan's expected to win this. They have a really solid squad, one that they've recruited very well over the last several years. This is kind of the culmination of Jim Harbaugh and what he's been building at Michigan. Like, he has to pull this off. You get a dream, honestly, a dream matchup. They don't have to go up against Ohio State. They don't have to go up against Georgia. They're going up against a small school like TCU in the semifinal. They've kind of been gifted at the, like, if they, you told them at the beginning of the season this is your matchup they would have loved it so in a way it's i because this does it kind of sounds like a hedge when it comes off of it because i will still be very i'll be very disappointed if we lose this game but tcu is going to be playing with house money a little bit like we weren't expected to be here our happiness and enjoyment of the season for probably most of our team came from just being in the spot in the first place. I don't think anybody, even if we got blown out of the building, I think on a national stage, people just kind of expect that to happen to this team. I don't think anybody will be like, this team was fraud. Like, they already think we're kind of fraudulent for being here in the first place. So I think that kind of plays into our hand. We're going to come in there. We're going to play a little bit like house money. And we, that, that pressure, like, not play like not playing with that pressure i think is really going to help us and second playing from behind i i am a little bit worried about that just because it is it's like we got bit in the big 12 championship finally kinda it's like we could have easily continued that game if the calls were correctly but it is it's just like when is the luck gonna run out but it's just something about the squad it's weird it's not quantifiable but we'll just remain in games and I think the months long rest and kind of the month to game plan things I think is really going to help us because when we were seeing ourselves get down in deficits it was because I think we had back to back to back weeks of really quality opponents and I just felt like either whether we were banged up or game planning wise couldn't get there in the first half 
I think that's going to change this game. Right. I think we're going to compete immediately. Uh, and that's what I hope, because it's going to be really frustrating if we don't. We've had a month off to game plan against this Michigan uh, squad, so I hope to keep it close in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, you would definitely hope that Sonny Dykes has a really solid script uh, whipped up for this yeah. one. Yeah, for sure, for sure. A um, couple points. Uh, Michigan's physicality has a bit of a bit I, I feel like they have a bit of an edge on that a bit of an edge yep. on athletes but that hasn't been an issue for tcu against say like texas are you worried about that as well yeah like their physicality i think the michigan fans overestimate it at points they're like tcu hasn't faced a team this physical and i think they're correct in that yes like michigan is by far going to be the most physical team we've played all year but to act like this is the big 12 of like five or six years ago where there's absolutely no defense is kind of a joke and there are some good defense and some good offensive lines in the big 12 and where michigan's physicality really works for them is in the run game and you said it you said it just a second ago with texas we were able to hold Bishon robinson to less than 50 yards like he got nothing against us and Bishon robinson is one of the i think everybody can agree one of the best backs in the nation and had a really surprisingly good offensive line this year for texas and we were still able to dominate that i think michigan it's gonna be a problem just because michigan is like they are more stout up front i don't think tcu's biggest strength has been able to generate sacks or pressure on the quarterback this year uh but i do think the way in which our defensive system is set up we've been really good against the run and i feel like michigan is gonna want to establish that uh in order to get jj mccarthy to be able to throw the ball a little bit i feel like they're very complimentary about that fact and so i do feel comfortable that i've seen evidence that we can stop good running teams but this will be the most physical team tc's played by far right and you know perfect segue because uh to your point or to that same kind of point uh sunny dax did say at one point uh that stopping the run is like paramount for tcu that's what they're trying to do make jj mccarthy beat you and i felt like the response on michigan twitter was kind of like laughing at that like oh like ohio state said the same thing everyone said the same thing the whole you know that whole uh year and you know obviously no blake quorum for this matchup um you'll be um so it, it'll be different they obviously have a solid backup as well in donovan edwards but um do you think tcu is Obviously, you say they're well equipped to stop the run. You know, I, I think I think they have a better shot at that than you know most teams out there. Uh, but do you think does JJ McCarthy scare you? Or I keep saying scare you at all. Like like Michigan's all that all that spooky. But um, do you think TCU's passing defense, uh, particularly with uh, Hodges Tomlinson, you know the uh, Thorpe Award winning uh, winner, do you think they're well equipped to stop uh, JJ McCarthy in that passing game? I think they are, uh, because I think we have two really solid corners led by Travis Hodges Tomlinson, but the thing was, what Ohio State did was they sold out for the run, and then J.J. McCarthy had a surprise passing game in that second half to really revitalize that offense. We have that game on tape now. We kind of know the way in which they established J.J. McCarthy in the first place was they were committed so much to the run that they were able to get those deep shots downfield once they brought up those guys. So we are going to play probably more to stop the run and allow J.J. McCarthy to beat us, but also we now have on film, we can see J.J. McCarthy can throw the ball downfield, which is something we haven't seen all year long uh, for Michigan. And when they get kind of in those close games, they're willing to do it. So... 
I think the difference in this TCU team versus our like past good defenses has been the corner play. I feel like we've been really good against the pass, and I think Sonny Dyke saying things like that is we have been able to sell out the run for against teams like Texas just because we have good enough corners and safeties that can take these guys one-on-one, and we feel confident that they can make stops, which is a... Uh, which is a rare feeling in college football, especially considering there's usually some sort of leaky side or a leaky corner. TCU has had that locked up this year. So I think that's just more of a indictment of how good this TCU pass defense is that we can sell out for the run because we know these guys can cover one-on-one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, last thing before we kind of get into prediction uh, predictions and all that what is the one underlying thing that i think mo- that you think that most people um you know who aren't tcu or michigan fans or maybe i'll just say this who aren't as familiar with tcu um or this matchup um might be o- un- overlooking might you know what what is that one kind of factor that one play the one player one scheme one setup that you think is going to make a difference that pot- potentially that other people might not be seeing uh, from your perspective as a TCU fan? It's TCU's run game. Uh, Kendra Miller, I feel like, has been overlooked this entire year just because we've had such big defensive weapons. Our quarterback being the uh, second place in the Heisman finalist. We had guys like Quentin Johnson, who's probably going to be playing on Sundays in big-time games uh, in a few years. Like We've had good players, but Kendra Miller has really been a safety blanket for us whenever we've gotten down in games or Max Duggan, he's not finding the guys. Kendra Miller is averaging, like, he's played a full season and is still averaging six yards a carry, and he is a primary back. Uh, He is a thousand-yard rusher. That's something I want to see Sunny Dykes establish because I feel like whenever TCU has gone off on slow starts, it's because we've come out of the gate trying to throw three plays in a row, don't get anything, three quick three and outs because we're trying to establish that throwing game. We got to establish the run this time, and I know that's a little bit more difficult with a physical defense like Michigan. But if we can get Kendra Miller going, the games which we like when he's been tearing it up, those are some of Max Duggan's best games. Because now, if you can't eliminate Max Duggan with his running threat plus him throwing, you're screwed because you have three different options basically on any play, and the defense kind of gets scattered. So that's what if for non TCU fans, look for Kendra Miller establishing that run game early, so we can kind of open up max a little bit more instead of getting ourselves in a hole early absolutely absolutely uh i, I kendra has been you know probably one of the most underrated players in college football this season especially when looking at the stats he has put up some serious numbers uh definitely i, I would agree with that the more uh, unheralded uh, member of the tcu horn frogs this year all right let's get down to brass tacks uh what do you think it's going to be blake tcu michigan Let's just go with the spread. Frogs um, plus seven and a half, I'm sure you're going with, right? Yeah, I'm going with the seven and a half. It started, it opened at about 10. has been bet down three points, which is pretty miraculous for a college football game whenever you've seen these teams on tape and have them pretty well handicapped. But TCU, there's just some factor about them this year that can't be put in the power ratings, can't be put in the numbers. They play close games. They play, like, they just will not quit till even if TCU loses, I could still see a late touchdown to give them a chance to be back in this game. And like, 
say, like, onside kick fails and Michigan wins. But I just feel like this Frogs team is still fighting. They don't feel satisfied just yet. And Max Duggan, he is going to the NFL next year. I just feel like it hurt him that he lost that uh, Big 12 championship game. And I know he wants to go out and win in a positive note. So seven and a half points, although the, I understand why Michigan's favored by that much. They have the better talent. They have, they play in a better conference and all the power rating things lean towards them. And I understand that, but I just think there's something special about this TCU squad that can keep it close and can honestly generate one of the better uh, semifinal matches that we've seen in a very long time. Yeah. And I, I think this game is going to go one of two ways. And unfortunately it's either going to go the way where TCU fights, puts up a great performance, covers, but loses close or gets a win, you know, down to the wire, you know, instant classic ESPN playoff, all that. Or it's going to go this way, the way that I think it is. I think Michigan has been on a mission this entire season after getting embarrassed, getting their shit pushed in. Uh, in that Orange Bowl against Georgia. They've showed up determined. They've show, showed up focused. They've been better this season. And frankly, I I just, I think that, I, I really do think that experience and that physicality, it does play a difference in these playoff games. It, it, it definitely goes up a level. And teams like Michigan, you know, when they play a team who's, who's, a, who's a plucky upstart like a TCU, the, the first couple, like, first couple plays, first couple you know, rounds, it, it changes everything. And it takes, it, it, it takes a lot of, um, it takes a lot to just step onto that field. And like Michigan last year, I feel like didn't do a very good job of, of they weren't ready for the moment. And unfortunately I have a feeling that TSU won't be, um, even though they won't be phased by it. I think the physicality, the intensity, I think is probably going to catch them off guard. They've been slow starters this entire season, pretty much post OU and outside of that Iowa state game. And I, I just, I feel like we've seen who they are in terms of their start. And I think they get in a hole that they can't claw back from. I love TC plus nine and a half, not so certain about seven and a half or seven or whatever it gets bet down to. Eventually. I just, um, I think Michigan is ready for this. And I, I think uh, TCU unfortunately is going to meet their match and, kind of deal with a lot of growing up to do but i'll, I'll say this the the program that uh sunny dykes and that and has has got put together at tcu is damn good and the rest of the big 12 every team in this region uh honestly better hope tcu doesn't win this game because look they're going to be a problem for years but if they get a playoff win if they become not only just the first te uh, Texas team to win a playoff game or to be in a playoff game, but to win one, they're going to be terrorizing recruiting for years. And um, they, they already are. They already are a problem, but it's going to get worse if they have uh, further success in the college football playoff. Um, it's a monument, a monumentous achievement for TCU, uh, no doubt. But uh, I still do think this is a program that can go higher than this and they can go higher than this this year. I just, don't see it in the cards. Um, sorry to be a pessimist. I just have I just have a feeling. But then that's again, that's good. But no, I that's faded them. Good I faded them like the whole season long. So well, I like that because it's a. If you look at the last decade plus, our two biggest games: the Rose Bowl and the Peach Bowl in 2014. And the narrative was the same kind of thing. And I'm not saying like obviously they're like 
teams can be different and it's over the years but it is convenient the narrative in the rose bowl and the peach bowl was always you're going up against sec talent you're going up against a wisconsin team they're bigger they're more physical than you they're just going to out athlete you outpower you and we found ways to win those games one win one blow the other one out in miraculous fashion so this is not a scenario our program has never been in it's always been i feel like in our biggest games it's been the team is bigger more physical than you more talented than you and we've found ways to win i i that at least gives me a sliver of hope that i shouldn't be scared of this game that it's just because michigan is bigger they're more physical have better players that were an automatic out that kind of washes away that i can actually see a pathway for us to win and i do like i see how you arrive to your conclusion but i'm not i'm not scared of your analysis after seeing our last two sample size like our last two points in the sample I think that's fair. I mean, look, it's a program that's defied all odds. That was left for dead in the 90s after, uh, you know, after all of its Southwest Conference member, you know, friends jumped and joined the Big 12 and they were left down the cold. They've fought through so much to get to this moment. And, you know, hell, what's another what's a, what's another shock to break? You know, when, you know, everyone was predicting six and six and all this stuff, you know, it. I could see that happening. I just realistically i i just i feel like the playoff is a different level and i i do hope i'm wrong i i actually i honestly do hope i'm wrong uh because it would be really cool to see tcu make that leap and do that against michigan it'd be remarkably funny to see michigan fans completely lose their shit uh i i want to see that happen uh but at the same time i just don't i don't think it yet but now look idiots like me have been wrong about this like you said for for a while so We'll see how it plays. Um, we'll see how it plays out, but I'm certainly excited to watch it. I think it's going to be a great football game. So, um, And I know you're excited to go. Hopefully Southwest doesn't yes. screw you on that. Yes, I was like, uh, like all TCU games this year, there is a lot of doubt and you feel like crap, and then there's a comeback. So they haven't canceled my flight yet. I hope that is like when TCU is down and we have a great comeback on Friday when I board that flight and I'm on my way to Phoenix. If I get stranded in Phoenix, I don't care. I'll find a way back, but at least get me there so I can watch my frogs play in, play in person. There you go. I love it. I love it. So, all right. Uh, definitely looking forward to hearing back uh, from you on how your CFP experience went. That should be super fun. Uh, and I hope you have a great time out there. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. From the same game parlays to the quick and easy payouts, oh, I love the quick and easy payouts, to all of the props, I, I love a good player prop. I, I, I'm a sucker for one. And look, right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. So check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, and the bigger your shot to win big. I've loved the app a ton. It's super easy to use, very user-friendly, and look, with all the bowl games coming up, oh, it's, it's perfect. And look... The race to the NFL playoffs has been exciting. I, I've just really, really enjoyed this. It's It's been an awesome time. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It, and look, no better place to do it than DraftKings Sportsbook. So 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See those show notes for details. Now, back to the Schooner Pod. Another game to talk about. We'll, do, we'll make this real quick because I think it's pretty cut and dry. The Ohio State Buckeyes get a second life against the Georgia Bulldogs. So is it really life? I don't know. Georgia favored by seven and a half here. Um, I'm not sure if that spread's correct, but they're fa- I think they're favored by six and a half, actually. Uh, favored by six and a half at the uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Home advantages do not get any more intense than this. This is their third game this season at uh at the at the big uh i'm not gonna say it you know what it looks like anyways blake um quickly or not 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 quickly let's not i don't want to rush through it too much but yeah. your thoughts on this game do the buckeyes have a chance to make this a game i do i i lean georgia but i think they do just by the sheer talent that ohio state has like when you have a guy like cj shroud you have a great receiver marvin harris harris ugh. Harrison and you have a decent defense like I think that stands a chance like when you look at Georgia Georgia probably hated that they had this matchup just because Ohio State has national championship contender like talent on their roster whether I think they are well coached or really can fulfill that I think that's kind of the separate discussion on uh where Ohio State is as a program but I do I do think they have talent there it's Georgia's worst nightmare matchup because I bet they would rather play TCU like they would blow TCU out just from their phys- like you talk about Michigan physicality Georgia physicality is a way different animal uh but yeah I just think on the offensive side of the ball, Ohio State has the chance to make this a close game and probably the closest 1-4 game we've seen in a very, very time. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, look at what Ohio State has done as an underdog. Uh, you know, first college football playoff, gets in a, as a four seed. A lot of people don't – look, if they failed, just immediately lost to Alabama, people will be talking about TCU getting screwed out of that. Uh, but instead they won the whole damn thing. And, you know, oh, underdog underdog Ohio State just has a different vibe to it. I think they did this in 2020 against Clemson, kicked the crap out of them, got that off their shoulders. So, yeah, it, it, it's a thing. And, you know, coming off a, a second consecutive physical, emotional, mental beatdown by Michigan, like they, they did not respond well to last year's loss at the big house at all. And it was at home. Everything was going their way. The weather was fine. They couldn't complain about a single thing, and they still got beat at home. They got their flag planted in their in their in, in midfield. The lamest flag plant. It was so bad. I might, it was so bad. <laughs> he just he just he just like ran over here and just went boop. like yeah. Like got... you could you, you could barely tell it was a flag plant. Besides, you're like oh, there's kind of the Ohio State logo and. I guess the flag is not like hovering in the air. It's it is on the ground, but it was and then they so just like kind of like spread it out. It was so bad. It was so bad. Michigan, you, you we gave you oh you gave you the blueprint. Just follow <laughs> it. You know it's not groundbreaking stuff. It's so bad. But um, no, I I mean Ohio State and specifically Ryan Day have just been flat out emasculated. Um, 
every time they played a game that has actually mattered. And I'm starting to run run out of honestly. I don't want to say hope because I don't like hope for Ryan day to do well, but I'm starting to run out of any sort of confidence in him as a big game coach, because every time they run up against a physical opponent that is their size, they wilt every single time. And Georgia look, their team that has gotten all of their, their, their boogaloos away. You know, they, they, they have, they have chased the ghost uh, (laughs) From, you know, what, 1985 on? Like, those are all gone. They're now just good. They're talented. They will punch you in the mouth. And they have the confidence to win games. Look, the offense, obviously not great. But they make Stetson Bennett look good at times. Combined with that elite defense. That is a team, to me, that, you know, should bully Ohio State. And motivation-wise, the Buckeyes have to start. They have to start hot. They have to get their rhythm in because if Georgia comes in, punches them in the mouth, I don't see them getting off the, I don't see them getting off the mat. I see them rolling over and uh, taking their NIL money and hitting the, hitting the draft. Like they they do not seem to me like a very mentally tough program, a physically tough program. And Georgia is, uh, especially given the home, home game element. I just, I don't see Ohio state bouncing back well from this, but also they have the firepower to do it. So who knows? Um, I don't know. What What do you think about that, Blake? Yeah, like I I came in whenever we were doing the college football playoff, like our live reaction, and I was really excited about Ohio State. I'm like, they could win this. And then now, like just thinking about it, I'm like, I think just Georgia just kind of manhandles them. I think looking back at the two games that Ohio State has on their schedule that are really difficult, you have your Michigan Penn State. Those are the two the two big players in the Big Ten that you have to play, and that defense really, really, really struggled uh, against those two teams. And Georgia, although I feel like they don't have, besides maybe Brock Bowers, they don't have that like elite, like big playmaker. They just they're so good that they're able just to get yards easy. Setson Bennett has honestly been like a a above average quarterback, been able to like. Honestly, the perfect dream for them is just run the offense, don't turn the ball over, just keep getting yards. They're uh, looking at the running back stats, and it's like they don't have a dominant rusher, but their top three running backs have 709, 687, and 531 yards. Like, they're able just to disperse the ball, and that offensive line is just so talented that regardless of who's behind it, they're going to get yards running. They have Brock Bowers across the middle. They're going to get yards with him because he is fantastic. Like, I know uh, Michael Meyer and Dalton Kincaid, they're going to get more of the praise this year just because I feel like their offense are a little bit more high-flying and feature them more. But, like, he's probably the better of the prospects. Like, he's fantastic. But yeah. it's just, it's Georgia's only bad defensive game, like, if you look yards-wise, is LSU, and they blew them out, and it's just, like, basically garbage time at that point. <laughs> so it's like, they haven't had the their worst defensive game, like, looking, like, yards-wise, it's Florida, who kind of came back in the third quarter and then soundly put them away. This Georgia team's just too solid. They get a great offensive performance each game. They get a great defensive performance each game. They're going to be in the national championship. Ohio State might be able to cover, but they're going to be in the national championship just looking at it, looking back at it. And my thing to me that I just look at what they did to Tennessee, a team that was flying high, 
firing on all cylinders, and they absolutely shut them down. They have the ability to do that with Ohio State. And look, the last time we saw the Buckeyes, and not to be, you know, uh, to focus too much on, you know, recency bias, but the last time we saw them, they were, they, they, they completely struggled against uh, Michigan. They, they, they couldn't get anything going. And I, Georgia's better than Michigan by far, I think. So I, I, I'm not optimistic in Ohio State getting this thing going. I think they can. And, like I said, I think it's a really big put up or shut up moment for Ryan Day for sure. But um, man, we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, do we want to make some predictions or anything else you want to talk about with this one? Like, I guess just predictions. I I think it's. I originally said Ohio State, but looking back at it now, I just think Georgia's so overpowering. Like I just I I don't see a situation. I could see a situation of Ohio State covering. I don't see a situation where Georgia doesn't make the college football playoff. They're just too good. They're too good on every side of the ball. They haven't, like, Missouri was probably their worst performance of the year. And, like, even then, it's like Missouri kind of got some fluky plays. Like, Georgia's defense still played well that game. Their offense still played well that game. It's like, I'm going to take that versus the team that's kind of struggled against every big opponent they played this year. Yeah, it was one of, like, the four games that Georgia played outside of the state of Georgia, so... Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like, and it's like you said, it's the ultimate home field advantage. It's at the Peach Bowl. Like, even if the ticket allocations, like every every Georgia fan that's there is going to be buying up any seat that Ohio State fans put on the market. Like that that means something, and that means something about the atmosphere around it. It's something familiar that Georgia has done this entire season. Also, Georgia fans like are they're the most uncomfortable fans to be around because they actually physically bark at you. And I don't yeah. think enough people, <laughs> I don't think enough people really realize that. Like I'm talking grown men barking at you like a dog. Unironically that messes with you mentally. It truly does. It's but, it, it is yep. like, I don't think uh, because like Georgia and Tennessee haven't been in the national spotlight for long. They don't realize how terrorizing those fan bases can be. Like Bama fans get demonized just because they've been good for so long. But I'm like, and so people start cheering for Georgia and Tennessee. I'm like, do you realize what you're doing though? Like, do you realize <laughs> like, it's not going to be much better. It's just like, you kind of just want a new face to the terrorists that are like running our country. <laughs> but like, they are all like, all three of those fan bases are horrendous. Like they are horrible and will like taunt the hell out of you like there's no wholesomeness in any of those fan bases i'll say this the most annoying thing to me about alabama fans is their casualness with everything and yeah i'll, I'll never forget just walking out of that orange bowl where kyler murray and and that team got just like killed and lit, overhearing a conversation with a bunch of Ohio, uh, alabama fans are like ah well that was a fun time you know like i guess we're going to the championship and i'm like if we won this game, it would be the greatest game of my life. And you guys are acting like it's just a middle of the season game against Vanderbilt. And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's insane. It's because I've heard Bama fans. So like, I'm like, oh, you must like, what do you do for like Bama games? Yada, yada, yada. They're like, oh, like if I can watch it, I'll watch it. But it's like, we just kind of beat every team. Like there's no point to like sit down each week. And I'm like, damn you. Like, damn you. <laughs> But that doesn't sound very fun, does it? Like I know. I'm like, you've got to go through the trials and tribulations. You have to go through the downs to really, like, feel the ups. And I feel like Bama's downs really weren't that much 
down. Like, I know they had some bad times, but, like, yeah, they're over the last 15 years, it's felt pretty up. The the bad times way. wear off, though, and then you're just in good times, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, with th- those 2000s years were horrible. Don't get me wrong. Like, but th- th- those times have passed, and now they just don't care. Now it's yeah. just like, oh, yeah, whatever. I'll I'll go to a CFP game. Well, it sounds, sounds solid, but... And I feel uh, like Bama fans can just rely on the fact whenever they have a disappointing season, they're like, perfect, this is motivation for our next year's season to, like, win the national championship. I hate ugh. that. Like, they, they don't they don't really feel the pain because they're able to positively spin it in a different way to, like, actually benefit their team. And usually it works out well. Like, usually I feel like when Bama has a down year the next year, they're, like, fantastic. And I kind of hate that we that we let Alabama into the college football I know, football I, know I know. Damn it. <laughs> We are like uh, the we are like the ESPNs and Foxes of the world. We say oh, no. about Bama. <laughs> They're inevitable. Ugh, dang it. Ugh. Well, they they stuck in. Let's let's just end this one before it gets yeah, worse. Seven uh, and a half. I'm taking it. That's <laughs> that's yeah. where this conversation started. So. Seven and a half. Go dogs. So, uh, <laughs> all right, Blake. Thank you so much for uh, your time, your generosity this entire evening, knocking out these bowls uh, and. Best of travels on your way to the Fiesta Bowl. And uh, look, good luck to the Frogs. Any final statement uh, you want to make before you head into that good night? Yep, I'm ready for it. I am ready for it. I went into it like I was like, am I going to get that excited just because I've already been excited for the playoff game? And now that game week hits. I am like all into it. I'm ready to beat up Michigan. I'm ready to beat. I'm going to be, I think, in a Michigan section for my ticket. So even better, I'm in hostile territory. I'm ready for it. And I think the Frogs will be as well. I'm so excited. I haven't gotten to see. I wasn't uh, was in high school for the Rose Bowl. So I wasn't able to go to that. And then uh wasn't able just, I was a freshman in college. So I had no money and no funds to get me to the Peach Bowl. But now I have the money and the funds to get me to a meaningful, really, really meaningful TCU game that kind of defines our history. And I am so, 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 so pumped for a, just a huge Horn Frog fan and kind of one of the few uh, in America. I'm just so ready to be at this game and to have really have a chance at the national championship. Like that's an, that's an insane thought, but I'm ready to have that. Yeah. It's one of the few games in the sport where you're like at the end of this game, if we win, we're in the championship. championship, like which would just be ridiculous. Like, I don't care if we got there and Georgia just killed us by 50. Like, Holy crap. Like, you're in a national championship game at a school that's 9,000 kids and like a small campus in the middle of Fort Worth. Like that is an insane, that is an insane thought that we have the, like that we're playing for that come yeah. Saturday. It's, it's pretty incredible. So um, yeah, soak it up, man. It's truly, truly some of the best times and a great experience. And uh, I'm sure you'll have a great time. So um, certainly, like I said earlier, looking forward to hearing back from uh, on how it was and uh, the experience and, Best of luck to your frogs, all right? So, thank you. Cool. All right, everyone, that is it for, well, 2022 of the Schooner Pod and Weekend Spread. We won't see it until next year, folks, uh, in which we'll be talking about the national title. Whether or not we'll have Sad Blake or Happy Blake, that is, uh, you know, left to be determined. But look, throughout this year, it's been a great run. We really appreciate all the listenership, all the viewership um everything on all of our platforms it's been a great year for us and we just 
cannot appreciate uh, say uh, thank you enough for everything. So um, truly, uh, on behalf of me, Blake, uh, Ty, and Jameson, thank you. Um, and look, have a happy new year, and we'll see you in twenty twenty three. All right, uh, let's hope it let's hope it works better for the Sooners. And look, let's hope Blake uh, let's hope Blake has has a little bit of happiness on the horizon as well. All right. That's all we got. Good luck out there, folks. Happy New Year.